Hello everyone. Do you like beasts? Do you like a good fright and things that go boom in the dark? The mother of all monsters has enlarged her brood with things unnatural, all with a taste for flesh. All of this and more you'll find here in Echidna's house. Hello everyone, my name is Erica Christie and I will be narrating the stories for Echidna's House. And I'm sitting here with Mac, also known as Daryl McDonald, who will be writing most of what you will be hearing. His words on growing up with monsters are as follows. I grew up in South Florida and was tormented with nightmares of being stalked by a giant grizzly bear. My fears were embedded within all of the 1950s sci-fi and macabre horror movies. I loved squinting at from behind pillows. Into adulthood, that love of beasts has never waned, but expanded when movies and special effects merged into a golden age of on-screen terrors. I'd like to welcome Mac to the show. Mac. Good morning. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, excellent. All right, so you put as your monster number one movie, the classic Alien from 1979. Absolutely. No Ooh. doubt about it. What did you like about that? Um, the way, a number of things. First of all, Sigourney Weaver. I grew up in the 50s when all women did were run, scream, and fall down. And they had to be rescued by men. And she just tore apart that old model. And she was a true badass in the movie, down to the last person alive. So that one... That idea, a woman, Sigourney Weaver, just changed everything. She was a true heroine. And the creature itself, the way they held what it was, you just didn't know what you were dealing with. I like fright, and that filled me up the capacity. So that's why that movie was so good. In theater, I can still remember sitting there squinting <laughs> in adulthood. Mm -hmm. So did monsters really have that kind of effect on you, especially as a child? Yes. Um, all the way, even in the hokey 1950s movie, I can remember some of the names, but it was always, especially the gargantuan ones, Godzilla, of course, King Kong, but big things, you know, terrorizing, destroying cities. And the beasties that were in the dark would come out of the swamp, come out of the woods, always. Um, it was all embodied primarily in that first really terrifying that you alluded to earlier. It was a 1960s movie called Night of the Grizzly, Clint Walker, and um, he was being tormented as a rancher by this giant grizzly bear. I saw that movie and it stuck. Did it really give you nightmares? Yes. <laughs> Literal nightmares. Um, I would be chased. I remember being chased crawling on the logs, just like in the movie, climbing, and I would wake up, that's the only way I escaped. Mind you, I'm in South Florida. I don't think there's been a grizzly sighting, you know, in about 10,000 years, maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that didn't affect your nightmares of grizzlies. No. <laughs> the no. fact there's no grizzlies in Florida. <laughs> uh, rationale goes out the window when it comes to movies. I would always, usually kind of put myself in the movie. I was running in the street ahead of Godzilla. I would tell people where to turn. You don't run directly down the street, you turn left, go around the corner, come up behind him. All right, so this show is called Echidna's House. Who is Echidna? Echidna in Greek mythology is 
so named that she is the mother of all monsters in Greek mythology. The Greeks were always concerned about origins. Things just didn't be. There had to be a reason. And in all of the myth and mythology, Zeus fathered many sons and daughters. Um, this god was the father of, of whoever. But, and also with this, there had to be a source. There had to be a dark cave somewhere where these creatures came from. And of course, motherhood. It's embodied in the ancient myth, myth that things have to be born, things of birth. And that's where it comes from. Excellent. Do you like your monsters to be real or do you prefer them to be fantastical and larger than life? Um, primarily, I like things that are natural but uh, bigger than life. Uh, commonly in my books, I will take something very ordinary like I have no idea. I'm ruminating over my head now. Uh, I love wolverines, but I imagine a wolverine the size of a brown bear. I know about alligator snapping turtles. We have them in Florida. But I imagine one that weighs about 2,000 pounds and is as big, bigger than a big bull alligator. That's what I like, things that are out of the 1950s. Uh, radiation got everything bigger, including the attack of the 50-foot woman, the amazing colossal man, you know, the big-ass dinosaur, whatever. I always see everything enlarged. And that's what they did, uh, the mantis. What happens if you get an 85-foot long mantis? So I got stuck on that. Mm -hmm. So an element of realism, but expanding that to right. gargantuan proportions. Exactly. All right, all right. And last question, what kind of monsters are we going to be hearing here in Echidnas? In Echidnas, they come out of my um, dark imagination. They will be things that I have, when I started writing, they, they're in my head and I bring them out. Well, I've got a lot in mind, but you got to understand, i got a wild imagination. Um, <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> one I really like is the giant alligator snapping turtle. And a lot of these are based in South Florida where I grew up. Another will be this thing that will attack the compound. I don't even know what it is. It's just the embodiment of evil, but it will take out several character leaders with automatic weapons. Another one based in South Florida, my hometown, is a giant predatory salamander this huge thing, this queen mother that is feeding on the homeless in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I have one, it's a rather long story, but I like the idea. A giant Siberian tiger that has its body and, and mind infused with the spirit of a Shaolin monk. I told you I'm wild, but that's called Walk of the Tiger. And um, for the most part, these creatures will be uh, really of my own fantasy, my own creativity, what I like to see. I'm toying with the idea of the wolverine that's as big as a brown bear set somewhere in a backwater in the, in the uh, Russian hinterland, but it hadn't come together. I don't have any hints of it yet. Um, I've got things like that, uh, that but they would be more expanded on some of the, the bajir. The sloth. Now everybody sees sloths as cuddly and tender, but mine is an alpha predator. It's a badass. And it's gonna fight and kill a grizzly bear. So those are the kinds of things that I will I have produced and I would like to see. And I want to have people kind of peering through my ear hole and see what I think about, see what I write about.
I'm working on two that are very new, and uh, I like both of them, but the two that come to mind is one, as I mentioned earlier, a giant alligator snapping turtle with a long eight-foot neck, um, loose in the swamp, um, taking lives. I'm going to tap into my sci-fi world because I really like that one. The Bajir. Um, the Bajir is definitely an alien species, a xenomorph that is transferred into Montana wilderness around 15, 1659 by an empire called the Gondike. They are training it, are preparing it to become like a, um, an earthly war dog or war elephant. But things happen, it's left here, and it will wake up 2005 in the territory of this giant grizzly bear named Ripper and begin hunting and taking over its territory. And everybody in the entire region in this Montana backwater thinks that the grizzly bear has decided to put humans on the menu, but they're going to be shocked when they find out it's something um, that's deadly enough to even kill a grizzly bear. That sounds fantastic. Has anybody written a screenplay based on that story? Yes, you have, Erica. <laughs> and you don't, I cannot tell you the sheer delight that came from my heart when I found out that somebody did it. And I was really impressed. And I see and I appreciate the art form because I, one, for one, didn't know what details I should put in the story, how it translates to the screen. And the most part, I was wrong. Now I'm seeing and learning what the director, what the screenwriter needs to see in my stories. How do I write? Not to write for them, but how to pl plant elements like um, sowing seeds, put it out there so they can pick up on it. I've seen how you picked up on stuff I didn't even think about. But to try to put in enough natural elements in the new uh, model you gave me, show, don't tell. Let people see graphically. See if they can be in the meadow and smear the bear poop as on the wind and see the steaming pile uh, in the cold morning air. If you, can, if you can do that as a writer. That was one of the um, biggest impressions I got from Michener. Now, mind you, I'm not Michener, but I saw in his stories that element where you are drawn into the story like you're standing there. And that's what I want to do with my writing. That sounds fantastic, Mac. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. And remember, to all who fear the moonless night, beware Echidna's house. Rock, rock.